Hello, hello. Welcome to the Making a Marketer podcast, the marketing show for all levels of experience with the best guests in the industry. Get ready to learn and laugh. Here we go with your hosts, Megan Powers with Powers of Marketing and Jen Cole with Social Media Examiner. Hello, hello, and welcome to episode 61 of the Making a Marketer podcast. This is our third bonus episode in this bonus month of July where we are normally quiet. I am super excited to have our guest with us today. I will say first that this show is sponsored by Powers of Marketing. We provide strategic communication, consulting, and training for small to medium-sized businesses. And I am Megan Powers. I think I neglected to say that. And the, uh, the host of this podcast and the owner of Powers of Marketing, which probably won't come as a surprise if this is a new show to you. And today we're going to talk cannabis marketing education, because I think as we'll uncover, if you don't already know, education is the way around. I think some of the madness that you're allowed, right? So our guest today is... Exactly. Ms. Kindness B. Ramirez is our guest. Welcome, Ms. Kindness. Thank you, Megan. I'm really excited and happy to be here. Happy to have you here. Okay, I'm going to read her bio. Ms. Kindness B. Ramirez is a master educator, CEO of EBK Apothecary, and founder of Club Kindness. As a motivational coach, CBD entrepreneur, author, wife, mother, and cannabis advocate, Ms. Kindness is not only her given name, but more importantly, a calling. Her passion is fed by a desire to bring inclusive health education to the masses via excellent pedagogical practices in the cannabis space and beyond. And she says, for me, it's simple. Cannabis calms the chaos and gratitude wins. I love that. <laughs> Thank you. It's that simple. <laughs> right? Easy. All right. So this is our third show in this kind of space. And Kendra Lucy was our guest last week, and she introduced me to you. So thank you, Kendra, if you are have joined us. And, and happy related birthday, friend. Yes, her birthday was yesterday. She enjoyed some time at the beach. Mm -hmm. And it's a hot topic. And it's something that I think it's important. Just knowing, understanding cannabis, period, is, I think, good for kind of everyone to know because of all the stereotypes, you know, that have come with it over time. But because it is such a growing industry and, I mean, just continues to blow up, um, I thought it would be good to talk some more cannabis marketing and and you are an educator. So, but let's, I want to start out talking about how you became an entrepreneur and got involved in the cannabis industry. Yeah, that's a great place to start. It's really, it was an organic process for me. I, like a lot of other people in the space, have a personal story that brings me to cannabis. I wasn't an avid consumer prior to coming into the space in 2012, but an injury led me to do so. I was 26 weeks pregnant, fell down during pregnancy. <sighs> She's okay. <laughs> She's alive and healthy and very, very okay. brilliant. So sometimes when I tell that story, I forget to mention that and people are holding their breath until the end. Yeah. She was fine. But yeah, she came a little early. But what happened from the fall is I ended up with a condition called SPD or symphysis pubis dysfunction. So I had severe pain for the remainder of my pregnancy. And really the only option that I was given by doctors were opioids. And that was just not an option. So I literally sat down and I joke about this and I say, I asked Siri for natural remedies for chronic pain. And she said, cannabis. It's a joke, but it's true because literally the first couple of pages of Google to that question were cannabis. And I quickly started to realize that a lot of the mistruths 
had been told in my youth and growing up and via various institutions, government and professional institutions, we were lied to about actually cannabis and what it does and its history. And uh, frankly, you know, fast forward, I used cannabis to heal my body. In doing so, found that I had to advocate for myself in the healthcare community, opened up a whole new can of worms regarding the social justice issues around cannabis. I was bitten with the bug to make sure that the masses knew the truth about this. So that's my story in a nutshell. And then Club Kindness was born and here we are. Right. Yeah. And doing all sorts of other things. And when we talked initially, you said you've become a marketer Mm. because as an entrepreneur, you know, and having your own products, you kind of, I mean, you either hire people to do it or, or you do it yourself. So, well, I mean, yeah, there's the issue with, for us financially, we had another business at the time that we were really selling off and closing, closing out a juice bar. And so I didn't have a lot of money to put into this new idea that was really fueled by passion. And that's why my bio says that it's funny. It's like still true. So we bootstrapped from the start until we could really get out of the black with the product line. Club Kindness is a nonprofit. We're a 501c4. We're not really seeking to make a lot of money other than what it costs us to run the agency and help consumers and brands be more responsible. But if you want to do anything, right? Like my job as a CEO, I can't do everything, right? That's not even realistic. I'm also a mother and a wife and I like to do fun things like write children's books. So I just have to be able to find people that I can have, you know, those smart conversations with about how we need things to move forward. And some of that means I have to have some of the basic knowledge. I have to have some of the skills. And so, yeah, I had to learn Photoshop, Illustrator. (laughs) I became that person and how to use platforms and tech and which microphone to get because it's important. It's just, especially now, ironically, here we are in this, this online sort of universe. And thank goodness I gained those skills. Right. Yeah. Even more so with everyone being stuck at home, digital marketing is not just a an add-on. It's the thing. It's like the, <laughs> the, the main event. <laughs> yeah. So what do you think is the most important thing about using education in marketing cannabis? So, you know, I think as marketers, like we have a very unique job to do, and that is to make sure that we can reach our audience exactly where they are, be able to find that thing that they were seeking and do it within seconds. Because one, as an educator, we know the attention span is very short, especially of the American youth and our you know, current population we're trying to market to. And then they have all these things coming at them right now because of this digital age and where we are and we're sitting at home just scrolling through a screen. So what messages come quickly and immediately that are clear and profound are vital, right, to our success right now. And so education plays a key role in that. Who is it that you're trying to reach? What is it that they need to know? And as an educator, you also have to be an excellent researcher, right? You have to know what's the trend, what's coming. And so you can reach your students, so to speak. And that's that's just a parallel in marketing. I mean, really, everybody looking at our ads, there are potential customers and there are students because we're going to want them to learn something really quickly and do what we tell them and then buy this or whatever it is, right? Right. Well, and in terms of regulations, like, you know, FTC regulations, is there anything specific that you can share about what you can and can't do? And that's kind of why I was thinking, I mean, you are an educator, you have your master's degree, but also that's like a way around some of those regs, right? Mm-hmm, absolutely. So how we communicate about cannabis right now seems to be changing every day, frankly, but I'm in the CBD realm, which is hemp derived, less, less than that 0.3% THC. So while some may feel like, oh, that's totally unregulated in, in actuality, we, we know what it can do, but we can't say what it can do. 
So absolutely like knowing how to, and this is where club kindness comes in. This is really what we help brands do. How do you develop your brand identity? What are you trying to communicate to the consumer? How responsible is your packaging? Is there an outreach program set up? Can customers call you and ask questions about how to integrate cannabis into their lives? That's all a part of their marketing because you're talking to the consumer, what's developing as a regulated industry, and you're really getting to set the standard. And so that community outreach, that social engagement component, of branding and brand identity development for us is is has to include education. Just the right. one-on-ones, right? Right. But you have to be careful, like Kendra was sharing about not making claims. Claims, right, right. Yeah, can't so save. This is going to save your away. life. Yeah. <laughs> so smart, smart messaging. You know, I'm going to give away some of the tips and tricks. That's the point of this. For us, we say inclusive healthcare, right? Oh. At Club Kindness. Like we are going to help you learn how to practice inclusive healthcare. Sometimes I'll say cannabis inclusive healthcare because in certain platforms, it's safe for me to say that. But I'm telling you, this is how you will incorporate cannabis into an existing healthcare practice. And I can say things like it may help you find relief from, right, in conjunction with these other things you're doing to get rid of your migraines. So I found a nice creative way to tell you this is going to help you get rid of your migraines. Right. I love that. That's amazing. Okay. Jen has a question. Is there any way to market cannabis products to folks who, because of their profession, can't have a trace? of THC in their system. Yeah, that's actually really easy and it's beneficial to most of the brands doing it and that's sticking a big giant no THC on your packaging. Just saying like zero THC. We do that actually. We have a broad spectrum EBK apothecary and then we have a full spectrum line. Now, full spectrum has that 0.3%. However, it's legal as in you can still sell that across counter or across markets and so forth because it's legal hemp. But many clients of ours, police officers, other people who just don't even want the risk, drivers of those trace amounts. The key is this is legal hemp, you know, you at farm bill compliant, blah, blah, blah. But that zero THC is what catches people's eyes. Yeah, for sure. And that is something that I think Jen and I were together when we learned about that. Their CBD does not have THC. And a hemp-based CBD does not have THC. Well, actually, you know what? I'm going to become a total geeky nerd right now. Please do it. Yes. (laughs) So the truth is cannabis in its entirety as a plant, hemp, what we know as marijuana from history, they are cannabis. They're all the same. It's one plant. And then there are different ways it sort of has what we'll call, and I'm I'm not a scientist, I might use the wrong word, but they're the same species, but they have different like subgroups. Okay, Okay. And that's where we get hemp. And that has to do with the genetic breakdown of the plant. So all of cannabis has what's called cannabinoids in them, hundreds of them, many more that we have even yet to discover. All of the cannabis varieties have terpenes and these things in them that make them smell good that also contribute to its medicinal qualities. But some have higher amounts of CBD, which is cannabidiol, CBG, CBN, because there are hundreds of them. And some have higher amounts of THC. They all have all of them though. And that molecular synergy is what makes it really effective. What we now can do is isolate these cannabinoids. So sometimes you can have isolated CBD where it's just CBD, one compound cannabidiol, and they infuse it into whatever carrier oil that is. Sometimes you can have broad spectrum, which is all of the cannabinoids without the THC. So they activate it and then remove the THC. Okay. And then full spectrum is all of the cannabinoids with less than 0.3% THC. In that case, it's hemp typically, and it could still be full spectrum, but have higher THC and all the other cannabinoids. So yeah, so hemp is not, it doesn't have any THC in it. It actually has THC in it, but we have to take it out. We have to isolate it for broad spectrum products. Gotcha. 
It's okay. kind of complicated, but yeah, no, no. No. it's just one whole plant that you can take a bunch of pieces out of and do cool stuff with. Right. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, there's a lot. Well, so lot. we could do like so many shows. And I think every time, even if you hear the same thing, you hear it in a different way and it's like, oh, it kind of hits different. Right. What are your main platforms? Like where are you marketing that you're, where you're having the most success with your business? So another challenge that cannabis marketing has is obviously being able to pay for paid ads. So I've become very creative. What's useful in my brand is that I am a large part of my brand in that, you know, I'm professor, I'm the professor, can I teach you? That's kind of become a thing, a hashtag that we're using. But I can market from my page. I can say I have this project going on and I can get those ads through on Facebook and Instagram. EBK Apothecary, because we have clearly branded ourselves as a cannabis brand, even though it's hemp derived, even though we're, you know, farm bill compliant, doesn't matter. Facebook and Instagram have explicitly stated you cannot advertise with us. And the same goes for Club Kindness. We're full educational, nonprofit, 501c4. All I'm doing is telling people this is what's available to you. We can't run ads. So we've been very creative in that, that Ms. Kindness will run an ad from her public page and share these other links. We have to change links out. They can't say CBD. They can't say cannabis in them because all these algorithms pick them up. Right. And then, of course, the wonderful thing about Google is that you can get certain ads through. And now we have other platforms where you can pay a service to kind of sneak you into like these news feeds that you're in and outreach services. And we if we want to be successful, I think, in cannabis, at some point we have to elevate to really paying for PR for that really specialized outreach. Right. Yeah. PR and marketing are not the same animal. Right. They know different people and all that kind of good stuff. So you have one or two podcasts because obviously podcasting is a huge way to be able to just talk, you just talk about whatever you want whatever to talk about yeah, and then yeah. just advertise the podcast. <laughs> so tell us about your show. So this, this it was originally Sneaking in Silence in season one, because I've kind of become known for being this like canna mom meditation teacher. I come in and I'll open a workshop of women and really allow everyone to come together and talk about how to use cannabis as a part of your inclusive healthcare practice, right? And so I just started saying like, this is how I sneak in silence. You know, anywhere you can be getting in your car as you wait for it to warm up in the morning. And that is two minutes for you to sneak in some silence. And you have to do it with intention. And it just started sticking and people started saying, you should brand that. You should do a show. Other than putting it on a t-shirt, I was like, let me do something where I'm talking to other people about how they use cannabis to encourage a healthier you know, mode of living or even to fuel their own creativity. And it was really cool. We would meet in person in studio. We would smoke on the show. You would hear that elevation or we would consume whatever their choice was. It wasn't on camera. I never smoke on camera. But it was together. We were together in person. And it was just so cool. And this year when we decided to relaunch it, COVID hit. So we couldn't meet in person. So it's become something different. It's now elevated chats with a segment where we sneak in some silence and I ask some sort of fast round robin questions, but it's available on iTunes. You can find it under elevated chats, Ms. Kindness B or sneaking in silence. Season two is just about to upload. It's really fun because these are not just people who use cannabis now. These are critical thought leaders. So I've brought in some politicians musicians, professional athletes should be fun. Well, that's another part of the reason. And um, Jen shared the link in the chat. So thank um, you, Jen. Yeah. Part of the reason I've been wanting to do these shows because it's become normalized and it, and it really should, we need, the more we talk about it and the more we educate, the more people understand that it's not just like, hey, bro, smoking a bowl, you know, kind of a thing, which yes. I think that's what most people associate. Which totally with. And all of us can sometimes be. 
However, <laughs> that is not the norm. But it's not, yeah, that not exclusively, you know, Jeff Spicoli <laughs> rolling out of his van. Right, <laughs> right. right. All right. So you wrote a book that's coming out soon. Speaking of yeah. education, it's called Our Very Special Garden. Tell us about the book and maybe you want to read a little. Yeah, I would love to. I mean, speaking of creative marketing, right? Yeah. I am a teacher and people often ask me like, how do you justify like, you know, you're teaching kids, but you're smoking weed. (laughs) Let me tell you about my son and his knowledge of cannabinoid science, right? This is normal. This is a plant. This is not me getting high. Mom is responsible. Mom has two degrees. Let's be clear about that. So for me, again, this finding another way to reach, thank you, Jen, (laughs) Ms. Kindness is the brand, just like powers of marketing, which I know is very clever, right? (laughs) Everywhere. Um, You know, so again, another unique outlet, like this teacher and mother who's very open about her cannabis consumption and really wants to help educate other women and mothers about how they can use it to heal their bodies, wrote a book for them to read to their children with an appendix that's talking just to mom and dad about how to talk to your kids about cannabis. I mean, we needed this a long time ago and it just came to me in a dream. Who knows? My son really inspired it. That's the truth. It's Mm -hmm. loosely based on our family. It is our lifestyle and it's a part of expressing this normalization that you were just speaking to. I'm the person next door to you who is a wonderful, beautiful family with healthy kids doing nice things and we grow cannabis alongside our carrots and potatoes. Right. So that's the book. It's called Our Very Special Garden. It is about the Root family, and they live in a small town called Brownsville. And it's another way for me to reach consumers and really have them thinking about how to use cannabis. And it's an experience. It's not like, this is a weed, although I have thought about doing a children's book like that. But (laughs) it's a story. So you're with this family, which is pretty cool. So I will read a couple of lines, but go ahead. Yeah. And I was just going to say, and Jen shared the link also to your Oh, thank you. Let's see. Let's pick something cool here. So we introduced in the book some vocabulary, and I have been introducing some things in my social media so you can see how we get different parts of the book, but I'll read this here. So I think the basil and mint should go inside the greenhouse with your special seeds, mommy, Mary explained to Mrs. Root. Mrs. Root turned to her daughter and smiled. That's a great idea, my love, because herbs like those are the perfect companion plants for our very special plant named cannabis. That afternoon, the Root family broke ground on their new garden. Up went the greenhouse right next to the neatly piled rows of dirt. Mary helped Mrs. Root to fill the greenhouse pots with soil before planting mint, basil, and lavender in each. Mr. Root and Michael tilled the ground outside, planted fruits, vegetables, and carefully labeled each row. Gleaming with pride, Michael took a step back to appreciate what his family had created and said, I think it's time to plant your special herbs now, mommy. <laughs> so cute. Do you have the cover or I, are you reading from? I don't have it right okay. now. I started to have it so I could show it, but yeah. <laughs> That's a, it's a podcast, so the audio folks would not benefit from from that That's anyway. Right. That's right. Yeah. <laughs> so go to miskindness.com or Root yeah. Family Books and you'll see it there. Yeah. yeah, it looks really cute. No, I think that's super smart and yeah, creative, but also amazing to share in that way. Yeah, I mean, it's like, it's not about cannabis, really. I mean, it is. In the end, we talk about tinctures and really what can happen with the plant. And we introduce safety. We talk about how mommy's going to put it in a lock cabinet. I really tried to be responsible with that because I am showing the normalcy of it. You would put this away in your home, much like you would your beer, wine, or Tylenol. 
Right. Now, so this is the second time. Kendra also mentioned the word tincture, and I had to Google it. So can you explain what a tincture is? It is the best way to consume cannabis. So ancient, ancient medicine has proven that pharmacopoeia takes the plants and pushes the oil out of it, right? And that's that really powerful essential oil. And so that's what a tincture is, essentially. You would take the plant and put it into some sort of solvent, um, be anything from alcohol to a base oil, and you will let it sort of absorb into that oil. And then you use that oil. And that's got all the terpenes, all the trichomes, the whole plant medicine in it. And so tinctures are made in a lab now and very different. But the, uh, the original medicine is such that those are the pressed oils from the plant. When you take it sublingually, you're getting it direct bloodstream. You're getting immediate onset, quick pain relief, if that's what you're seeking from the dose you're taking. And you get that sort of edible long-term result because you also swallow it. Gotcha. Love it. Okay. So, and Jen loves your cover, by the way. Thank okay. You. So <laughs> we are winding down, but I do want to ask, let's talk resources. So if someone's just starting out, whether on the client side or manufacturing, what's the first thing they should do as they set out to to market cannabis? So originally I would say to you, like go to events and get to know other marketers, but right now you can't do that. So I think the key is like how we research things. So finding out what other cannabis marketing firms are already out there. You don't have to reinvent the wheel, but you do want to put your own creative spin on things. So get some inspiration from what brilliant people are already doing. Respect the legacy, right? Honor that there have been people going through struggle and pain to get here. And then there are brilliant marketers who came in and said, let us apply these, what we might call secular techniques to cannabis, which really marketing is marketing, right? You should right. do certain principles apply all everywhere. But get to know like what we say, our terminology, uh, talk with nonprofits, firms like my own that say like, what's legal? What can I say? How do I be innovative with this? What were the trends 10 years ago? And what are the trends now? You know, we've done things like move from Kelly Green to more bright colors that have nothing to do with what we perceive as cannabis, right back to Kelly Green, depending <laughs> on how you're trying to present your brand. So it's just important to know those things. Yeah. So, and maybe they could join Club Kindness and learn that way. Absolutely. If you are looking to develop a plan for outreach, I mean, we really focus on helping brands create a social responsibility arm of their identity. So how are you communicating? Right now, I think if anyone were to enter the cannabis space, no matter what your product or service you're trying to provide, it is vitally important that you have some sort of cause association, that you honor those who have, have been a part of this unregulated market since the beginning, who are in prison or dealing with records or whatever it is. So be mindful of that. If you're going to enter this space, be really responsible with it. And here's everything. I just came in to make some money. Well, let me tell you something. Unless you already came in with money, you're not making any money right away in Canada. Right. So there needs to be that responsible component. Like that, the idea that I'm doing this on the backs of many others who are still suffering or have suffered. So I want to honor that in my brand message. Fabulous. Yeah. So we have a lot of people watching in the party, oh, the yay. watch party on my page. I have, I have a senior watch party, but yeah. So I don't want to look at my phone because I was like, okay. <laughs> all right, that's cool. And I don't know if anyone asked any questions. I don't see any questions on that watch party, but to close out, what has been the thing that's gotten you through other than cannabis, this whole COVID time, um, what's been your kind of outlet and what's, what's gotten you through things? So there are two things. One, I am a devout practicing Buddhist for over 23 years. I meditate every single day. I practice present moment awareness. And when challenges come up, I just start, I told you that the last two days have been really stressful. 
Literally, I was quiet as a mouse yesterday. My husband was like, why are you so quiet? I was like, because I'm stressed. And what I've learned is to practice least resistance. Things change all the time. What happens is we react and then we cause more problems. So I've just really learned that this is just something that could come. Now, I do want to build this in. I have privilege in that my husband and I have worked hard. We've built some things that we were able to sustain through this. I know a lot of people are suffering financially and otherwise because of this. So I always remain grateful to my freaking family. Like nothing happens by ourselves. I have a solid unit. And that includes siblings, really dear friends, my team at EBK, Club Kindness. I mean, shout out to Mario, who has just pulled me through all of this. And my Club Kindness team, Touche, and just how we are like, okay, this is what we can, this is how we have to pivot. So yeah, my meditation practice, mindfulness, and my team, my squad. (laughs) <laughs> Love it. Yeah. I had what was sure to be a difficult call on Friday and uh, I, I got the Calm app out and I did a 10 minute Calm meditation uh, to try to set my mind right. It helped It helped for a little bit, but yeah. Definitely. It's so key, right? Like the power yeah. of the breath. Even if you start to feel that build up again in the middle of the dialogue. I used it driving <laughs> not too long ago right? too. I was like, <laughs> take a deep breath, get in my what a thir- third eye in my mind. I don't run you off the road. Yes. (laughs) (laughs) Well, I can't thank you enough. This has been awesome. I, it's a pleasure to have gotten to know you a little bit. And I think that our listeners will, will benefit from this and beyond. Please check out her book and all the things that she has going. I don't do this show to promote people's things, but when people who I have on have things worthy of sharing, then absolutely 100% want to do that. So, And it should be out on the podcast in the next couple of days. So if you're watching the replay, watching on YouTube, or listening to the replay, listening on the podcast, (laughs) thank you for joining us with Ms. Kindness. And this has been episode 61 and the third of four bonus episodes. We have one more coming before we start season four. So thanks so much. Thank you, Megan. All right, y'all. We will catch you next time.